Hi and welcome to episode 63 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Reportage and This Reportage family, and I'm a photographer too. A pleasure to have the lovely Sovan Amete on the podcast this week. Based in Surrey, Sovan is one of the best wedding photographers in the UK and was equal 10th in the world on TIR in 2018. I've had the pleasure of meeting him in real life a few times now and he's a lovely guy too. Stick with us today as Sovan talks all about how 2020 was for him, the story behind one of his specific reportage awards and another image also awarded that had an impact on him, why he loves to go to conferences all over the world, yoga and mindfulness, how he became a photographer, our Netflix synopsis game, his experience judging for this reportage family, why listening is so vital when it comes to capturing moments and so much more. Hey Sav, how you doing? Hey, I'm good Alan, how are you my friend? I am good, yeah, all good, all good. How's things with you? Um, they're generally good, I did my tax and return and sent it off this morning, so um, uh-huh, yeah, I yeah. Feel, feel like something, you know, the, the, it's done now and I can relax a little bit. You feel <laughs> um, a weight lifted off your shoulders and thousands of pounds lifted off your shoulders as well. Unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> I forgot it's that time of the year. Nothing. Oh yeah, that's true though, isn't it? It is true. And yeah, and, and you, you just brought that up, so let, I might as well ask you. Can't ignore the elephant in the in the room. You know what was what was twenty twenty like for you? You know how have you been? Um, twenty twenty would have been a good year. Um, I had uh, quite a few weddings. I had a destination wedding in Goa cancelled, oh, which man. was a nightmare. Um, but uh, I, I learned new skills. <laughs> like what? So, uh, it, it, it was good in that sense, but um, obviously... What new, what new skills? Like a fire juggling or something? Oh, no. All related to uh, photography, unfortunately. Um, oh, okay. SEO. Um, <clears throat> the other one is um, posing. I'm not... I'm always a little bit, uh, you know, hit and miss with the posing stuff. Uh, right, and I'm yeah. finding more of my couples are wanting some nice photos. So um, I did a whole load of engagement shoots. Um, oh, that's cool for them um and it's helped me and it also helped with my uh, instagram stories um so i i just to let them know i'm still doing stuff mm, that's been important isn't it because it has been tempting to not put stuff out there during this time um have you have you still been putting a lot of work out there then on in, in general on social media and things uh mainly yeah instagram mainly instagram stories a lot um um i like destination weddings so I'm, i quite like the facebook memories that come up oh, okay yeah so they come up with stuff what i've done in the past where i've traveled to different locations to meet friends conferences weddings uh, and just general stuff uh, just and i just post that oh, okay they, they see that i'm doing stuff and and if i get a, a testimonial i'll put that up uh, i'll put maybe pictures of uh, that i've won awards and then uh, testimonials from couples videos just to because they're always getting new interaction and new people, so they they won't always see it. So right, it's quite okay. nice to keep it keep it going. But I try yeah. to do it every day because I think it gets a bit boring for them. Yeah, I guess so. Well, that's cool. You've been doing all that, man. That's really good. And your general overall mental health been okay? You know, because I struggled. <laughs> I had struggled. I've got ups and downs. I don't know what it's been like for you. Uh, I think the first two were okay, but uh, in January just now it was just like oh my god i had like a whole week and like some of my friends like are you okay are you okay uh yeah i struggled for initially because it's like another year where all of the plans that i made for last year were on hold till this year 
Mm. And then you're thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be another year. I can't do all of the other things that I want to do. Mm. So that took a little while, but um, I'm getting back out of it. And um, one of the things that's helping is doing uh, yoga and uh, mindfulness. Oh, cool. Are you doing that every day or like I'm regularly? I'm trying to. I'm trying to. It's, it's a struggle to do it every day. But um, Are you yeah. like super supple? No, that's the, that's the issue. I'm not. <laughs> because uh, before, I used to, before I would always be coming home stiff in the car. I just I could by the time I got to the to the house, well I couldn't get get out of the car because I was oh. all my body and limbs were aching. So I have to like pull on the uh, the door to pull myself out of my car. Really? Are you mean like you're talking like after a wedding or something? Yeah, after a wedding. Oh man, yeah, that's and that was hard. really bad. And then I started doing yoga and uh, all of this suppleness stuff and uh, strength stuff and and it it became better. So oh, I, I just cool. got to keep doing it more. And I I think it's just not being flexible not doing any exercise flexibility mm. exercise so i'm doing a lot of those and they they ache like hell <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good to do that you know because i'm i'm really bad as well i can't even touch my ankles really standing up i really yeah. can't so the great thing is on if you have netflix there's uh, some stuff on there for mindfulness and if you have amazon prime there's loads of yoga videos all there oh so, really like for absolute beginners as well for absolutely beginners, yeah absolute beginners to all the way to people that have done it all the time so okay. there's there's like a shed load of them and it's just like oh wow there's so many and you just pick the ones that you feel is going to help you maybe i should do that then and so you mentioned yoga as well and mindfulness as well then so the mindfulness videos and stuff yeah there's one on uh, there's a headspace one on uh netflix okay i never i don't know much about mindfulness really but um i think you know my eight-year-old daughter in when she's actually at school they actually have mindfulness lessons every week which is cool oh that's really cool yeah mm. it's, it's just to help the mind uh, focus better and to try to get rid of all the negativity i think yeah it's so important this year <laughs> isn't it as well absolutely um so okay man and let's let and you mentioned just a second ago about traveling and destinations and conferences and so on. that's something i was going to ask you about you know you've been to loads of photography events and conferences like all over the world so i think it's awesome you know what is it about kind of workshops and conferences that you especially love or is it the traveling side of it or the, the, the networking side of it or you know what is it for you uh so when i first started it was just to meet fellow people and to get a bit, to become a better photographer because you're always learning and you're thinking, oh, wow, never thought of that, never thought of this. And you, you hear the speakers. But eventually comes a time where everyone kind of says the same things all the time. If you're <laughs> going to like destination, you know, if you're doing um, documentary, you know, be present, all of this stuff. Yeah. Then eventually you become friends with them and you get to kind of hang out with them. And because some of them are like international friends, that's the only time I see them. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. that's one of the reasons why I go is not just to listen to the speakers, but to actually hang out and find out what's going on in their lives and create stronger friendships. Yeah, that's so cool, man. It's cool to hear. It's so important as well, because what we do is very often a solo thing. You know, I don't know about you, but, you know, I shoot all my wedding solo, for for instance. So, yeah, to, to make friends with these people, you do properly make proper relationships, don't you, with seeing you can, them at yeah. these things? Yeah, you yeah. can. And some of them become, you know, very, very, very close friends. That's cool. Very cool. And meet last time me and you met actually was at uh, Elevate in last March, wasn't it? That was right. Yeah, we had a good evening, if I remember correctly. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun, though. Actually, it, it ended for me. Well, it was about I don't know. It was about three o'clock in McDonald's or something in the morning, or two, it was. Oh, it was very very obscure how we ended up all over the different places from yeah. from the bar. Like, oh, we're here at Piccadilly uh, 
Leicester Square. McDonald's like, okay. <laughs> well, you were so happy, so that was the main thing, Al. Very happy, man. Very happy. It was a good night. That was a good night. Um, so, okay, man, Sov as well. So you say this on your bio. Um, I probably won't pronounce the, the names properly. I don't know. I was born in Kathmandu. Is that right? A pronunciation? Yeah, Kathmandu, Nepal. Okay, yeah, I got Nepal, yeah. I'll cheerily tell you all about Nepal and the many reasons you must visit the roof of the world. So here's an opportunity, man. You can tell us. Come on, tell us, tell us. I've never been. Is it, is it awesome? Sounds <clears throat> It is awesome. And the main thing is that the, um, the people are friendly. You'll find that it doesn't matter whether they're rich or poor. They, they will treat you well, so long as you treat them well, obviously. Um, culturally, it's very different from the UK. Right. And it has stuff if you want to go paragliding, you want to go mountaineering, white river rafting, you want to go trekking around different parts. Uh, there's um, Lumbini, which is the birthplace of uh, Lord Buddha. So you can go and visit there. And there's a Chitwan National Park where you can meet to see tigers and rhinoceroses and wow. crocodiles. So it's, it's very, very diverse. Oh, sounds cool. Have you got family over there then? Yes, I mean, most of my family are there, although most of my cousins are actually outside of Nepal now, but all of my uncles and aunties mostly live in Nepal still. Okay, nice, cool. And have you, have you ever shot, shot a wedding over there? I've shot three weddings there. Oh, cool. <laughs> is, it very, is it very different to, you know, British weddings? It's more like a, an Indian wedding, similar, right. similar in that they have a mandap and uh some of the traditions are the same but obviously um the backdrop sometimes is a bit different so one was outside <laughs> in the second city so that was a little bit different and that was nice cool man that's awesome that you're doing that though it's awesome so and then, so let's go back to your beginning as a photographer as well then so how did you get to become you know, a photographer what were you were you in it or something before were you what were you doing i was i i, I graduated as a in it uh, okay. and i had held several jobs from uh, small companies in Blackburn to Barclays to J.P. Morgan. Um, cool. So um, I was going on a trip to America. I think it was 2006 or seven. I can't remember now. Um, and I bought myself a Nikon D200 at the insistence of one of my friends. I was about to buy a Canon. He goes, there's no effing way I'm going to let you buy a Canon. <laughs> so he made me buy a Nikon. <laughs> so I took it on this trip to America and I just left it in auto mode. Yeah. And Are you out of so auto mode now? No, I still use it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sorry, yeah, good. Uh, so I took photos, and some were nice, and some weren't nice. But you know, I didn't care at the time, uh, and I was married at the time. Okay. And then the year, the year after, I went through a separation, and I couldn't see my daughter, so I had difficulties. So I had to go to court to get her, get to see her. So I had all this spare time and I had this camera and I thought, well, you know what? I've got this camera. Let me see how it works, see how I can make consistently better photos. And over time, I just played with it more and more, looked at more and more YouTube videos. And because uh, I had a different job, which paid quite well, I started buying all this kit that I didn't really use, <laughs> lenses and stuff. And uh, I started playing. And uh, then I came across uh, a wedding photographer called Brett Florence. Okay. Who's more of a uh, editorial photographer, but I'd never seen weddings like done like that before. So I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And uh, he was like, uh, fluffing dresses and poses, and I was, I was really intrigued by it. And that's uh -huh. how I got into uh, weddings. 
Well, of course, you're probably just fully self-taught then, really. Uh, initially, yes. Yeah. But obviously, I've been on workshops since then to hone the, the documentary side of stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. And how did then, did, you know, from watching those YouTubes and do workshops or whatnot, how did you get your very first kind of wedding? Was it friends like a lot of us did? Like for me, it was. Or did it you go friend, straight? Yes. She, she got married at uh, Northrop Park in Surrey, which right. is like a really nice venue. And she said, well, you're going to thank me for this later. Uh, and I shot the wedding. It was on a D200. I didn't even have a backup camera. <laughs> nice. And uh, like right at the end of the, the first dance, the, uh, the, all the batteries just all died. All oh, them. man, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I look back on that and I think, what an idiot. <laughs> so I like spare batteries and everything. I just didn't take a charger with me to charge it for the battery while the other ones were being you know, used. That's funny. So it's like, like no photos stuff. after the first dance. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I got the first dance and everything, but uh, yeah, it's like, what an idiot. Oh, but that, that's a cool experience, though, I guess. It's like, if that happens on your first one, you won't be afraid of anything going forward, then, really. <laughs> yeah, we, we all make mistakes, and um, oh, gosh, it doesn't yeah. matter how, um, how skilled and experienced we are. There's always things. That's the thing about being a, a photographer, I think, is just um, is handling the situation mm -hmm. and knowing how to do it. I think that's what the experience teaches us, right? That's so true, dude. It's so true. Um, and I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast how I like missed the first kiss one, so the camera just didn't focus on it. And I knew that I'd missed it, and it really threw me for a lot after that. You know, on the day, and um, yeah, I think going forward now, if something happens like that, I think I would be able to just get over it quicker. I think because there's nothing you could do really when you've missed something like that. There's nothing you can do. Absolutely not, unless you say to them, "Hey, guys, can you just do another quick kiss?" <laughs> That's true. Which... <laughs> <laughs> and, and then so from your that friend's wedding then um she obviously uh, or he sorry must have liked the photos i presume yes yes she liked them okay cool and so then how how did you you know get started in this and as a business then what did you do you know did you just put your did you make your own website did you have someone else involved or what what did you do so i got a flow themes website uh um, oh, yeah i did as well and uh the thing was it's so buggy it was because I was in IT, I just knew th things weren't working. So uh, every, yeah. nearly every day, I used to send them a bug report. <laughs> I bet and they loved you. Like they new, loved you. <laughs> they hated me, obviously. <laughs> and then, like a few days later, they'd send me a new patch, uh, and okay. it would work. And but then eventually, get to this point where they fixed one thing, and it broke something that had been fixed before. Uh, yeah. That's so fun. in the end, I just kind of gave up, and I got a design from Melissa Love. Oh, okay. I cool. think yeah. everyone knows. Yeah. Uh, she did a really cool website. Um, well, weddings after, I, I did a, a, a few second shooting gigs with my friend Ian, and um, I learned stuff of him, watched, um, just to see. And I, I feel it's a good way to learn mm. sometimes, just second shooting or being an assistant, just to, just to watch and see how people tackle the day. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because everyone is different. Mm. Do you now, for your weddings now, like, do you have a second shooter with you, or do you shoot solo, or do you do? Um, they can add a second photographer. I do prefer having a second photographer just okay. mainly because it's, you know, it's a lonely job being there all your, on your own for like the whole day. That's true. And, I, and it's, it's nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off. And if, if they're your friend as well, it, it's quite nice because you can have a laugh, bit of a laugh in, in between, you know, when you're sitting down and catching up with them. Yeah, that must be nice. That must be nice. You know, I've still never had a second. I, should, I need to just do it. Let's just try it. Although actually having weddings would be good. Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
Do you have many weddings for the for this year coming up? Um, well, I'm supposed to, but you know, I've already had now in the last week. I've had two uh, postponed. that had already been postponements from last year. You know, so they've postponed to 2020. So I don't know, man. We're just going to see, I guess. How about how about you? Um, I've got yeah, same as you. Uh, weddings, but uh, all of the April couples have moved. Now I have some in okay. May. Yeah. So I've got uh, June, July, August is really really busy. Um, so I have, I'm supposed to have two destination weddings in June. Uh, funnily, the the couples, um, they're both, the weddings are four days apart, but they're both in Sri Lanka. Oh, wow, man. Which awesome. Is, which, is, which is like, oh, my God, this, this kind of thing never happens. Yeah, that's freaky co- coincidence then as absolutely. well. So they're not like relate, not friends or anything. No, those no, co- they don't those know two each couples. other or anything. Yeah. Wow, that's freaky. But, but, um, but it's all on hold because nobody yeah. knows. It's like, we'll, we'll get back to you in uh, February. And it's like, okay. So yeah. you're thinking, okay, it might not go ahead. Oh, man, I hope they do for you. <laughs> I hope they do. Um, I went to Sri Lanka years ago. One, one of my sisters, I've got many sisters, she got married there. Um, yeah, oh, wow. Cool place. Yeah, it was cool. Never be- um, oh, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and oh, lovely food as well. Lovely food. Um, what I was going to say, that I was going to, oh, because, oh, oh, yeah, just because you mentioned how, you, you know, you got weddings booked in. I've got eight booked in for May alone, man. But May, I think, you know, it's very unlikely. I don't know. I guess we don't know. There's no point, I guess, especially on a podcast like this. It's only conjecturizing, if, even Absolutely. if that's a word. I don't know if that's even a word. But, you know, we're not experts. So neither of us know what's really going to happen. No. no. Yeah. So, but I'm a lot more hopeful for this year than last year. But I, I guess practically, realistically, we have to be thinking of worst case scenario, scenarios when it's our businesses and thinking how we can adapt if we can, you know, and stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. I agree. It's all just, yeah. It's all just like, yeah, let's change subject though anyway. Let's change subject. <laughs> um, let's do Do you watch much Netflix? You mentioned Netflix earlier. I do watch Netflix, and um, but when you're going to ask, ask ask all these questions, I'm going to think I don't I have no idea. I'll, <laughs> I will say one thing though: um, a few years ago, you put up a uh, a Netflix recommendation for a program called Love. Oh and I thought, yes! Oh, and I watched it, and like the second halfway through the second episode, I thought, "Wow, this is brilliant!" Oh, did uh, you like- I absolutely love that program, and oh, I was oh. so gutted they only did three series yeah three series but oh. then i think then i think to myself well they probably did it right because you're like you're left wanting more that's true isn't it yeah oh i'm glad you watched that i love it it's literally it's one amazing. of my very favorite programs it's so good so well written it is isn't it it's so funny yeah. and yet so real as well yeah, and absolutely i can oh. i can I, I can empathize with gus <laughs> yes he's awesome isn't he yeah he's he so is. cool so cool and he co-wrote that as well that actor. absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Is it Paul Rust, is it? I think. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, glad you watched that. That's awesome, man. That's cool. I massively recommend that. Yeah, to anyone who's listening, love. It's amazing. And it just gets so much better. The first episode is actually the weakest of the whole thing, I think. It just gets that, it so is. Better. So mm. when I watched the first episode, I thought, oh, you know, it's like, okay. And then I mm. thought, you know, they're probably just setting it all up so it, you to, to take the story forward. So I just stuck with it. But like halfway through the second one, I thought, yeah, this is, I think it's going to be really good. And oh. I, I kind of just been watched it because I was catching up. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I've watched it all twice, actually, apart from the final season. I need to watch the final season twice. But yeah, yeah man, so good. OK, well, that's good. Let's do this uh, So little Netflix synopsis game then. Yeah. OK. OK, so I'm going to read out a synopsis uh, from Netflix of a, it's either going to be a series or a movie. And I'm going to see if you can get it from the synopsis. And hopefully people are enjoying this little break interlude in the podcast. I, I enjoy it. So we're just going to do it. OK, so you ready for the first one? Let's go. Okay, so this is a film. 
Okay. When Tim learns that the men in his family can travel in time and change their own lives, he decides to go back and win the woman of his dreams. That's about time. Is nice. It about time? Boom. Yes. Yeah. Good one, man. Have you seen I've that? I've watched it recently. <laughs> oh, have you? Oh, cool. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? I like I love it. that film. Yeah. I, I love my rom-coms. Oh, I'm not a, dude, I'm not a, same. I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> no, same here. I love that. It's the best genre of film, I think. It's awesome. Oh, it's cool. I'm glad you watched that. I've been to uh, that restaurant that they go to, that total pitch black one. Have oh, you been yeah. there? I haven't, no. Uh, I went there my, with my wife and brother-in-law and his, um, his girlfriend at the time. It's a proper experience, man. Yeah, it was in Farringdon, I think. Um, it's called Don Lenoir or something. So, yeah, totally pitch black. And you're led in by they're like blind waiters and stuff leads you in. And it's a proper experience. Yeah, I've got to give it a go now. Once we're, yeah. I know once, yeah, once we could all go back in, yeah, and you don't know what you're eating as well. You choose beforehand, like just like a vegetarian menu or a meat menu or a surprise menu, but you don't know what the actual dishes are, and so wow, that is, yeah, yeah. it's okay. different. It's different. Definitely worth worth trying. It's quite sexy as well, though. Actually, oh no, I probably shouldn't. Oh no, I'm already said it now on the part, but it is. I was there with my wife. You know, it's total pitch black, and it's quite sexy. Quite sexy. <laughs> cool <laughs> okay right she's not listening but she probably won't listen back to that anyway so it's okay but yeah i don't mean i only like this like kissing and stuff you know anyway right i'm gonna stop okay i'm gonna stop right uh, right next question are you ready next one absolutely okay yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> this is a first episode of a series okay so this is the synopsis of the first episode see if you can get the series though um the professor recruits martin to put his brother's plan into action and target the bank of spain first step create total chaos oh money heist good man you're on it yeah <laughs> i love this series i haven't watched the others yet same as me actually it was a good first series i thought yes yes that's cool cool another one a good one man two out of two let's go on to a third one okay this is a film um with chiseled good looks that belie his insanity, a businessman takes pathological pride in yuppie pursuits and indulges in sudden homicidal urges. No idea. That is uh, American Psycho. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. No, it's, uh, it's quite a hard is, is that the one with Christian Bale? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well. I, I would like to watch that because I think he's, he's, he gives a very good performance in that. Uh, it is he is really good i haven't seen it in a long time but yeah it's good okay last one man last one uh this is a synopsis of a first episode as well ambitious gang leader thomas shelby recognizes an opportunity to move up in the world thanks to a missing crate of guns gosh no idea no that is peaky blinders oh i thought it would be yeah i've not watched that either it's good, man. And I, was, I come from the Midlands originally, so it's quite cool to hear the accents again. Not, do you think I have a Brummie accent? I don't know. Not really. I think, no? it's, I think it's gone. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> probably try hard not to show it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing, because I grew up in Manchester, um, every now and then people here say, oh, every now and then we can hear your Manchester accent, you're just trying to, uh, your Manc accent, you're just trying to uh, sound posh because <laughs> you live down in London. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Are you, um, you're a Man U fan, aren't you? I am, for all my sins. Well, that's but, cool. Um, I'm, uh, I used to be a big f football fan, but uh, then my daughter came along and um, I stopped. Like, that, that would be, didn't be, wasn't so important as getting on with my life with my, oh. with my daughter and family. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you, well, you, I think you did the right priority there. <laughs> <laughs> so did you go to Old Trafford much? I 
did. I uh, <clears throat> my brother had a friend, and he could always get tickets. Oh, so wow. uh, I I went to nearly every home game when I when I lived up there. Really? Wow, that's cool. That's cool. But that, I, that was the days when uh, we United were a good, were a better team than they are now as well. So not, we're not doing too bad at the moment, though. Not too. We're bad. doing well, but it was the time when they had Keane and Beckham and Skulls and Gig. Uh, cool. You know, Yapsham, all of those people. Yeah, magic time. So, mm. so it was good watching them because they were a good team. Mm. No, that's cool, we're doing man. Well I, now. We're doing yeah, well. they are. They are. I lived in Manchester for a few years after uni, so I lived in Westersbury for a while. Oh, that's um, where I grew up. Is it really? Well, East is brief, really, but yeah. Oh, well, just, not yeah. far, though. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's funny, man. It's a lovely place. It's posh now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's where they filmed, like, Cold Feet and stuff. And um, um, But I never went to Old Trafford. I went to Main Road once and saw Birmingham. Because so, I support Birmingham City, and we, we lost, as always. But anyway. Anyway, okay, let's go. Something else that's on your bio, man. You also say um, it's common to have a nickname in Nepal. I was given a girl's name. To this day, I have no clue why. So I just want to know, what's your girl's nickname? <laughs> it's uh, it's Rinku. So that is a girl's name. I have no idea why why they say that. Uh, they gave me that name. Um, oh, it's cute. Some of my cousins still call it me, call me that. But uh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> just slightly going red here. <laughs> it's good to find out stuff like this on the podcast just live to a worldwide audience i like it it's cool um you also uh sub you were recently a judge for us on this reptiles family thanks again for that oh, Man, that's, that's awesome. amazing uh, did, yeah did you enjoy it i was gonna ask how did you find it was it was it good to do i absolutely loved it um that's... it's also a genre that i want to do more of so yeah. it was really interesting looking through the photos how different photographers tackled um the the scenes that were in front of them Right. Mm. And uh, yeah, the standard was amazing. Um, it was really hard. Um, and you look through them and you think, oh, this one, this one, this one. And then you think, oh, I've seen this one, but which one of this is better? And then you think, you know, you've just got to give it on its merit. Yeah. It's so tricky to judge, isn't it? It must be, you know, so tricky. It, it when is. You see... uh, the, the main thing I, I took was that there were some uh, stories that were really strong, but they just let it down because they were like, you could see that the it felt like it was a stage moment where the, right. the people were looking in the camera or just mm. felt staged and you think oh just this one photo let this one this whole story down mm. i think that's such good advice actually that is <laughs> yeah totally that is really good advice and and specifically talking about one of your specific reportage awards actually that i love that's uh, on our wedding site is what is it it looks to be i think like during the speeches i think with a woman and maybe the bride or a friend i'm not sure doing a speech and she's crying and the guy is wiping like tears uh, from okay. her cheeks uh yeah well yeah sorry go on. i was gonna say it's such a strong like emotional caption i love it you know i just thought yeah can you tell us more about about that shot specifically oh absolutely uh, so that was at highland house and uh, funny enough it was actually a wedding on my birthday oh really uh, literally oh that's cool literally on my birthday so um <laughs> And that, that was the sister, actually, of the groom. And the groom is the one wiping the tears away of, oh, okay. of the sister. Wow. And she was, like, super, super, super emotional, uh, talking about their childhood and how they grew up and how, how it was becoming, how they'd grown up together and difficult circumstances and how she was proud that her brother was getting married. And he just came over and started hugging her. And, and I thought, oh, wow, this is, like, really nice moments happening here. So yeah, I, just stuck, I just stuck with it 
Were you quite close? It looks quite close, or I I I was on a thirty-five. I I like right, to yeah. be close if I can. Mm. That's proper cool, man. It's proper. I love it. It's just like pure emotion. A lovely black and white edit as well. Really nice. Really Thank cool. You. Yeah, it's a really strong capture. I love. Uh, to, it's, it's cool that it's brother and sister. Actually, I think it's. I love seeing stuff to do with brother and sisters. I don't know if it's because I've got a, a son and a daughter, um, but I just find it just such an interesting relationship. You don't really see that much in kind of unlike telly or in the media about brother and sisters that much. So I just find it really interesting, actually. Yeah, they had a very beautiful relationship. You could see they were close through, throughout the whole day. Oh, that's cool. I love it when you see when you see a closeness early in the morning between two people, and and then it gives you something to to give extra attention on later in the day, isn't it? If you notice it earlier on in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the things when you walk into bridal prep or groom prep, you just just look around the room and see what people are doing, and just listen listening out for what they're saying to each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, like you say, if if they their, their words are whether you feel they're close, you know, hopefully that some some way through the day during maybe the the ceremony or the reception, they're going to come and hug and like laugh with each other, or maybe they're going to hug and cry. Uh, just mm. just waiting and looking for those moments to happen later in the day. Yeah, that's great advice, man. That's great advice. It sounds like from that, I can hear you kind of smiling, thinking about weddings. Have you have you been missing it really this last year? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, I, I think it got to the point where you, I was doing so many weddings, you, it just became, okay, I've got another wedding. But now I've not done them for a long time. Just uh, how I can capture the weddings again and think about how to capture the best weddings uh, for the couples that I have. Um, mm-hmm. How many did you shoot last year, by the way? Uh, I think it was 10 in the end. But oh, that's most, quite a few. But most of them were, were micro weddings. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I think I only had two where they went for the whole day. Oh, man, two in a whole <laughs> year. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. Yeah, one was in March and one was in October. So it's really, really weird. So it's like such a length of time to have like, yeah, yeah. I, I had March and then I had nothing till August. Oh, man. I had that... micro weddings in August and then in October, even with uh, 15 people, they did the whole day. Oh, did they? Wow. Gosh. Until we... 10, 10 o'clock and then we all left. All right. Wow. Did they, did they dance and stuff? They did the first dance. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So they did the first dance. And, uh, but it was a lot of uh, just killing time a little bit in mm. terms of they were all just sat around. But it was nice because they were, they were chatting. So it wasn't so much the photography, but I think they have, you have a nice experience because you can sit down and chat with all the guests. Uh, sometimes, yeah. you know, in days gone by, shall we say, you have so many guests, you can't talk to them all. No, that's true. That is true, I guess. It can be tougher, can't it? It can be tougher. Like, I remember, like, pre-COVID time, like, I shot, I, I was doing 10-hour coverage, and there are only 10 people in total in, you know, for the whole wedding. That's like an hour per person of photography coverage, <laughs> if you put it down it like is, that. It, it can be more difficult, can't it, than, like, the big weddings when there's more kind of stuff going on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because um, if they're not doing anything, they're all sat down just not doing anything, you think, okay. Well, how many yeah. pictures can I take of them just talking to each other? Mm. Mm. Yeah, but I think I, I don't know whether it's in our own minds, because I think so, so long as the the photos that you deliver are representative of their wedding day, I don't that's think we mind too much. No, that's true. It's not like you can't be photoshopping in like I don't know, like a, a fire juggler or you know yeah, something. Absolutely. It's like you can only kind of shoot what's what's happening really. Yeah. 
yeah absolutely um has there been like a specific turning point in your career at all you know something i don't know perhaps a certain wedding or award or anything you know that's had a, a kind of major impact on your career in in general um hmm, let me have a think so i think it was in about 2016 um i have a friend marius and gabriella i don't know whether you know them I think I might know who you're referring to. They're but. from Romania. Right. And, um, and Marius came to a shoot, second shoot a wedding, I think, uh, for John Mould. Oh, cool. And Gabriella came at the same time. And at that time, she went through all of my photos with me. And every single photo that I'd ever shot at that, at that time. And she turned around and said, look, you're showing the wrong things on your website. And then she started to show me, you know, the way I... You know, you, you need to be standing here a little bit. So she kind of coached me for a yeah, day. Okay. Cool. And that's when I started thinking, OK, I, I need to start thinking a little bit more about how to photograph a wedding rather than just turn up and just shoot it. Um, OK, so that's I did that. Cool. And then I did nine dots, which was good. And I heard Tyler working. Oh, yeah. I was I, at the same like, one. I was like, oh, my God, you can shoot weddings like this. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God. And I've, I've never seen a wedding shot like that. And, and so um, naturally, uh, natural photos, mm -hmm. uh, just like, okay, this is, how, how I, this is the path that I want to go down. And That's at cool. the start of 2017, I shot, I second shot 50 weddings. Did you? Wow. Around 50 weddings. Um, wow. Just, just so I'd have the consistency because I was also in a, a IT job at the time. Right. Yeah. So um, at the weekends I would be second shooting and, some some of them weren't even paying very well, but it was just for the experience. Wow, yeah, that must have been great experience. Fifteen, yeah. Just every week, knowing that I'm going to be shooting similar kind of things, and it becomes like an instinct where where you kind of know where you need to stand. You're listening out for certain words. Uh, you know where the photos are going to look better from. Mm. So that gave me that confidence. That's cool, that man. I, I can do that easily and not think oh my god oh my god what do i do here what do i do here yeah proper <laughs> second nature yeah mm, that's cool about 50 in a as well as doing uh, a full-time job that is yeah. hardcore and i had some weddings of my own that year as well so. <laughs> <laughs> wow man that's cool i like it you don't do things by halves man it's cool it's a good way to be i think it's a good way to be um okay let's go to this question which i always quite like um if you could choose one day in your life to live over and over again like groundhog day um you have seen groundhog day haven't you i have seen groundhog day and i'm, tr I'm frantically searching my mind <laughs> no <laughs> yeah which day if you could choose the day which day would you live over and over again um i was thinking about it now um i took selena my daughter uh mm. to see the harry potter play the second oh, cool. time, oh, that, uh, the cursed child. Oh, nice the one that's I, in two halves, or something. The one in two halves, and okay. the first time we were like right, right in the rafters, <laughs> and uh, I took her again two years afterwards, and it was actually on her birthday. Oh, nice! And we watched it the whole day. We went out. We had a meal out. We watched it. We had a meal in the evening. Uh, I dropped her at her mum's, and, and she turned around and said, "Dad, this is the best day I've ever had in my whole life." Oh, dude, that's so, so that, nice. that, that that sticks in my mind. Yeah. Oh, they got making me feel a bit emotional. That's so lovely. Oh, no, this was uh, maybe six years ago. I'm, I'm sure it's changed now that you know she's got boyfriends and whatever. So, <laughs> <but> yeah. 
<laughs> oh, that's cool, though, man. That is really cool, really cool. And um, just while you mention it, is like, what is the play like? So I, I know I, I've read all the books. Is the play good? It, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It? Yeah. Um, and if you can get the, the tickets close up, it's even better because you can, you know, you can see their facial expressions and everything. So uh-huh. I think uh, the second time we were third row from the front. Oh, nice. So we were proper in front. That's cool. And do you watch them because it's two? Did you watch them in like two consecutive nights or something? Or I, I went on the one where you watch one in the morning and oh. then you have the one in the evening. Oh, cool. So oh. On a, I think it's on a Saturday they do that. Right. Wow. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so in, in between, we, we just went out for uh, some food somewhere and then we went back in and we watched the rest of it. And she's a big Harry Potter fan, so she absolutely oh. loved it. That's cool. Are you a fan? Have you read them? I'm, I am a fan. I haven't read them. I've watched most of them. I still oh, yeah. have to watch a few of them. So um, yeah, that's one yeah. of the things I've got to do. <laughs> do you know i got into it randomly because i i did uh, my degree was in english which is obviously not the vote best to get into a certain vocation but we actually studied the first harry potter book on uh, my oh, wow. degree yeah that's how i got into it i just thought this is really good actually so do yeah. you have the first edition still no i know worth that, a fortune yeah that would be all right wouldn't it no. <laughs> one of them went for a fortune didn't it like last year or the year before yeah it's mental isn't it ridiculous amount of money ridiculous amount of money absolutely um yes i know i don't i don't have anything like that i used to love watching well i didn't love it but i used to quite like watching antiques roadshow as a kid did you ever watch that like growing up not really (laughs) Uh, yeah Uh, but i I always dreamt about finding stuff in the attic Uh, oh yeah that's for everyone isn't it if you find something or you you uh do a lucky dip and all of a sudden like you're 175 million pounds richer what would you do yeah, that's a good question, man. What would you do? There we go. Uh, what would <laughs> I do? I would... a question. <laughs> My closest friends, I would give them half a million pounds each. Uh, nice. We're just... pretty close, aren't we? We are, we are, we are. <laughs> uh, I would end up giving most of it away, to be fair. Just so um, I don't think you'd need 175 million pounds in your life. No, that's true. Mm. Help other people, help others that are less fortunate than yourself. That's very nice. That's the nice podcast answer. What's the real answer? <laughs> that is the real answer. I've, I know, I've, I'm joking. I've, had this, I've had this question asked before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally with you there. I just wouldn't have a clue what to do with that kind of money. I just need a roof over my head and cider. That's all I kind of need in life, really. And the family, obviously. But. <laughs> I was going to say, I only will be really pleased to hear you say yeah. <laughs> Forget the rest. I know, and after that, like that, that pitch black uh, story in the restaurant as well. So she's not going to be happy with this one, but she, she probably won't listen. She won't listen, maybe. So, <laughs> um, sub, let's go on to some practical things. What would be your top tips to help someone become better at the documentary side of photography, whether that's weddings or family, you know, anything documentary? What would be your top tips to improve people's skills in that? Um, during the client meeting, just to ask them lots of questions about what they like, dislike, uh, who's coming, what their personalities are like. Mm-hmm. So if they say, you know, he cries all the time, then mm-hmm. you kind of know that if there comes an emotional part of the day, that you should be focusing maybe towards one person, just knowing that they're going to be a little bit more emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, when you walk into the bridal prep or groom prep, just to not start taking photos just to chat to them and just see what everyone is doing see how okay. the relationships are mm, that makes um, sense uh, in terms of <clears throat> i always tell my couples um in the meeting that in the first 15 minutes the photos are going to be rubbish 
because I'm actually going to get very close to you and I want you to feel or you'll feel awkward initially. But the photos I'm taking is just so that you can get used to me being there and being in your personal space. Yeah, it makes sense. So that when something emotional is happening later in the day, when I am in your space, you won't see that I'm there because mm. I've always been there. I've just faded into the background. Mm, that's great. Whereas if I was further away and then I had to run in to get it, I could kill that moment because mm. then all of a sudden, well, where did he come from? Kind of mm. feeling. That's true. Uh, I don't just listen a lot, I feel. Yeah, that's that's vital as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's all really great tips, man. All great bits Thanks. of advice. Yeah, really good. I love the way people can like tune into an episode like this and hear, you know, us talking about football in one second. And then it's like dropping gold documentary tips as well. It's really cool. It's really yeah, cool. I do like listening to this. It's It's nice. <laughs> I liked hearing about the people. I was really like that. So it's just lovely hearing your stories, man, about you. It's really cool. Um, okay, Sov, random okay. question. Yeah. Totally random question. But what's a random fact about you that you think most people would be surprised to know? Um, I was the fastest runner in my school. Oh, really? Really? Over, okay. over 100 and 200 meters. Oh, wow. Awesome, man. That's cool. That's proper cool. What uh, kind of age? Uh, between the ages of 11 to about 16. Wow, man, that's proper good then. Did you ever think about like pursuing it as a, as a I, thing? I did run for Sale Harriers, which is a, a uh, athletic club. But uh, ultimately, um, I took part uh, in a sports uh, competition and I didn't warm down properly. And basically, I, I was ill for a, like a week. And that was like, the end of my career because I, uh. I just couldn't move oh man that sounds yeah that doesn't sound very fun <laughs> oh, uh, it's it, uh i have a bit of vitiligo which is like you know discoloration of the skin okay so right. i started getting white patches and stuff all, all over all over my body so mm. it's just like if i if i continued on that I, I felt that it would just make that uh the vitiligo worse uh, okay okay Mm, man, those skill to have though at a wedding as well. If uh, you were mentioning it before about though not running into a scene, but if you do need to run into a scene, like you miss, you're going to be there pretty pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Although when I tell my daughter, you know, I used to be fast, she just looks at me, and laughs at me. It's like you would never fast, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I was never, I was never very quick. I remember doing like the egg and spoon race and stuff. They, they, they don't, uh, watching our kids' sports day now, they don't have like the egg and spoon race. They think that's a shame. It is. They, it's gone towards more like competitive athletics, isn't it, really? Yeah, it has. No egg and spoon race, no sack race. Um, yeah. No, I remember the, um, the get the, the, uh, getting dressed kind of race. I don't know if you remember that. You had to like, you ran a little bit and then you put on some like trousers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you put um, on different bits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is a very a random idea for a race, but they don't do that anymore. Either. No. I remember as a kid though, I, I only got to the first bit to put on and I couldn't put them on. I couldn't put it on. I was like stuck in these trousers and everyone had finished no. the race. Everyone had finished and I was at <laughs> the first bit and a teacher came and said, it's okay, Alan, you can ignore that bit. Just carry on. And like, <laughs> I still remember that. Um, that's, funny. That's, that's cool though. Well, kind of cool. Not when not at the time for me, but yeah. <laughs> I remember Kiss Chase at school. Is that, do you remember Kiss Chase? Yes. Yeah. They're not allowed to play that at, at my at daughter's school. Okay. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the things that 
we were playing back then and probably think, you know what, it's not politically correct to do that now. <laughs> that is true, I guess, isn't it? I used to love that though. I used to love it. Anyway, I don't know. I've gone on to kissing again. Sorry. Just like, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's it? Because you must have seen quite a few different things now. You've shot loads of weddings all around the world. What's been the most bizarre or funniest thing that you've ever seen at a wedding? Or just something that just sticks in your mind as being pretty memorable? Oh, gosh. Um... I love throwing these really hard questions at people. I think one of the weddings that I shot at the beginning, the uh, the best man took everything off. <laughs> and basically, he was about to take his boxes off and they liked, had to shove them to one side. <laughs> oh, God, <that's> <laughs> he got down to his boxes. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Oh, man. That's, yeah, I've not seen that. I've not seen that before. And, uh, you know, the, the bride was going bright red. <laughs> that's funny oh man didn't appreciate the situation because it was one of the earlier ones so i didn't capture it as well now i think <laughs> to myself oh, i wish it was now i you know i just have so much more knowledge about where to stand and what to ca- try to capture uh, that's true yeah that's true yeah i never really thought about that thinking of like some of our first weddings and then thinking maybe how we would maybe photograph them differently now with our experience it's quite an interesting thought actually yeah but it's it's good in a way and it's bad in a way because if you beat yourself up about it then it's bad because you, you, you can't do it. But if you're going to use it to say, you know what, if this situation happens again, I kind of know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the experiences was that I did foundation workshop, Fearless. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. Uh, that's over like five days. Uh, so you meet everybody and then one day you do uh, like a workshop. They show you how, they, how you might want to photograph a wedding. Then in the evening you get assignments. Next day you go and shoot an assignment. The day after, you have like a review with your group. So you spend the whole day reviewing or everyone's photos, every single photo. And the next day after, you go back and shoot the same place. Uh, okay. So mine was a uh, hairdressing salon, uh, a teaching one. And I, yeah. I struggled like crazy. I couldn't get any photos. I, I would just like, and uh, my mentors were uh, Tyler and Candice. Which oh, you, nice. You've had both of them before on your yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, the podcast. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, they came and I was like, you know, I was really down and they're looking through my pictures and they could see I was, was down a little bit because I wasn't making any good photos. And Tyler said, you know what, let's go. And basically, he walked around the room with me and we just, he was like saying, you know, you might think of composition like this and then what about doing this? And it just gave me that confidence. That's cool. And then when I went back again, I was like, okay, I can do this. And I, I made some better photos. But the funny thing was uh, later that year, I had like uh, maybe four, four weddings in a row where they're all in hairdressing salons. <laughs> right, and yeah. it was just like, okay, I know, I know how to do this. It was so <laughs> easy. Because <laughs> it was easy compared to what I was doing for my assignment. Right, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Was foundation in general, it must have been a great experience. Yes, um, it is an amazing experience, not just from the photography point of view, um, it's from a, a human point of view, because they want to find out, you know, the things that might be stopping you from doing things, how you are driven, mm. you know, how, how, you, how your mental state is, so that you, you go through all of that. So it is, cool. it is actually an emotional experience as well. Mm, man, it does sound very cool, it does sound very cool. And where, where, where was that? Was that in America or was it somewhere else? Or was... This was in Ubeda in Spain, oh, so, right, nice. uh, right near, uh, towards Barcelona way. Oh, cool. So nice. that, that was the other thing. They, because uh, it was a small provincial town, uh, they all spoke Spanish and spoke very little English. So I also had that 
where I couldn't talk to anybody in a way. I don't know whether that was good or bad because <laughs> it meant that I couldn't uh, talk to them about photos. I just had to get on with it. Right. Okay. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. A great experience. A great experience. Are they still doing it? Uh, I guess not right now in this time, but in general. Uh, I think he stopped it for a little while, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, there's a demand for it again. Yeah. Nobody's been doing weddings for nearly two years. It probably. No. That's true. That's mm, true. And do you? Th it leads me on to a question about that, though. Do you? Do you, you know? Do you think about the future? Whether you'll still be shooting, you know, weddings of families in in ten years' time? Do you think about that kind of thing? Um, I do. I would like to be doing some weddings still, but I probably might be going towards more kind of uh, studio work. Okay, cool. Well, commercial uh, stuff. Have you done much of that? Or? Not really. That's the, so that's the next thing to tackle is um, commercial work. And um, so I'm looking through LinkedIn and I'm trying to understand how that works and try to find uh, businesses that require commercial work there. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, I think everybody, especially this past 12, 18, 12 months have been thinking in like diversification is so important, isn't it as well? And increasing your skill set. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What would you be doing now? If you, you know, if you didn't weren't a photographer, you know, could, would you go, could you still go back to that kind of IT life that you had? And I probably would be doing IT still. Um, I, I enjoy problem solving because I was a programmer. So it was like, oh, cool. You know, the uh, client needs this. How do we provide a solution for them? So right. we're trying to find elegant solutions. Um, so I probably will be doing that. Uh, maybe uh, the big thing at the moment is uh, IT security. So maybe doing some kind of thing in IT security. Okay. Mm. <clears throat> it's very different, isn't it, to being like a wedding photographer? So different, though. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Are you happier now than you were doing that? Oh, infinitely um uh, when i was at jp morgan i was earning six figure sums and my bonuses yeah. were like really you know 30 grand and stuff but yeah. i'm happier now because i have more time and i and i got to spend more time with my daughter oh, yeah, uh, yeah. my family i get more time with myself um yeah i'm i'm a lot happier than i would be uh, i have a friend who still works there and he's off he's been off sick for a year because he just can't take the pressure there oh man yeah gosh it's just not worth it is it it's just no it's not, not for his it. mental health and um you know i've reached out to him and he's he replies back occasionally and i feel bad because he doesn't live very far right but at the same time i just don't want to turn up because he might not want me to come and see him so i'm just waiting for him to say yeah let's meet up but <laughs> mentally you know he's he was all shot for the last year or so maybe even longer than that Oh, man, that stress. Yes, gosh, it's just not worth it. What did like your other colleagues, you know, when you were leaving that job, did your other colleagues think that you were a bit mad to be leaving it in such a well-paid job and going off to be a photographer? Um, I was actually made redundant. Okay. So, um, but I got a, a good lump sum. And my intention was maybe to go back into JP Morgan. And I did have another offer to go back in. And I decided, actually, I, I didn't like that lifestyle anymore. Mm. I just didn't like, um, they were just, it just felt cutthroat compared, and even compared to America. Um, and my cousin works in JP Morgan in America. Uh, his experience is completely different to mine and whereby his managers are, are flexible, let him do his own stuff. Whereas the ones in the UK, they were just like, you know, you have to arrive at a certain time and you have to leave at a certain time. Right. Okay. And because I had a young daughter at the time, I would always leave early, and that really, really annoyed them. 
because they right. would want you at your desk, even though most of the work was outsourced and was in India and I was just managing it. And the people in India had gone home. Right. <laughs> but they still wanted me to be at my desk. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I only get to see my daughter uh, these days, and then these days I'm, I'm gone. Mm. That's cool, man. It's cool that you made that decision. Yeah. It's cool, very cool, and, and and that's one of the best things about what we do. When 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 well, when the world's back to normal, is that we still have that kind of that versatility. You know, working on our working for yourselves, we can kind of you know do what you want within a certain kind of limits, and and make proper priorities in your life rather than just you know heading to someone else's office nine to five every day. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, just mm. having that flexibility. Um, and every day is different as well, because you, you can make it different. Mm, you don't true. have to. You don't have to have that same day every day, like Groundhog Day. You go in, you you do the same kind of things because you work in a certain job. Mm. Whereas the photographers, we quite creative. We we can do photography. We can do other types of photography, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can procrastinate on Facebook all day. We can, and I've done that before. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm I'm less and less on Facebook now. Um, it just gets to the point where you just. Uh, gosh this they said this and they say this so it's just like okay i don't need this so it's just like get on with what i need to get on with and yeah get on with chat with your friends and yeah mm, i totally get that i totally get that it can be so many groups where just everyone it just seems like a depressing like whole of people just i don't know just either arguing or saying the same thing over and over again and nobody actually know no one actually knows what's going to happen so it's all just makes it worse in my in my opinion i think yeah yeah, just I'll skip those now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Good for everyone's mental health to do that. Absolutely, um, yeah. And do you get nervous, you know, when when we do have weddings again? Do you get nervous shooting weddings still or do you not? How do you feel? Oh, always, always. Do I you? feel yeah. um, if you don't feel nervous, I think you'll end up making a mistake uh, because you're just a little bit too confident. Uh, yeah, that's true. And I feel it's good to be a little bit nervous because you're you're thinking about the wedding and you're thinking about how you want it you would like to capture it and but then all but then you have to capture it how it happens rather than always fixating or oh, wish this happened this happened because when mm -hmm. i first started it was like oh god if only they'd have done this and if only done that if that would have been in such a better picture if i'd done uh, you've got to get rid of all that just mm. as they say one of the greatest things is to be present mm, you know just so just look at what's happening in front of you and then think have a, have a split second to think you know do i need to capture this moment and how can i capture it the best way i can so that when they see the photos they don't only see a nice photo but they can actually remember how they felt looking at that photo mm -hmm. and if they can then for me that that's my i've done my job that's cool that's a great way to put it man that's a great way to put it oh it's like it's cool it's cool talking to you because it makes me just want to go out and like shoot and do it again you know it just makes me i've got one that's supposed to be like in march but oh man i don't know if that's gonna happen then if we're still gonna we might even still be in fully national lockdown by then don't know oh we don't know <laughs> i don't know um, let's yeah let's not go back into that uh, do you you know when you've done a wedding and you've got home how do you often feel do you do you are you a photographer who comes away thinking you know i've nailed that wedding yes it's been great or do you think oh man i just don't know if i've got this the goods today or how do you feel uh always i don't think i've got everything mm. uh always and it's, then it's only a matter of going through culling and then um editing where you think okay actually i did an okay job it's, there's enough photos in there that when they look back through them they think oh we have all these nice memories because mm. that's what they're mainly booking me for is 
for the moments and the memories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good to know that you feel similar finishing a wedding. So I'm, I'm the same. Always, you just, you know, finish a wedding, never, never feel like, oh, yeah, I've nailed that. Yeah. You know, never like that. Always just like, oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's a good way to be. I think so. Um, there, there's there times where you think, oh, I've nailed that shot or this, mm. this part of the day. Uh, but never, I've never nailed the whole wedding. Because I think no. if, you, if you start feeling that, you'll, I, for myself, I feel, okay, I can, I, I don't, I can just relax a little. And I don't want to relax a little. I want to be like 100% as much as I can through the whole of the day. Mm, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, definitely. Mm, very cool. Very cool. Man, if you could interview any wedding photographer specifically, who would it be? Uh, Elliot Sirwitt. He did weddings, I think, a long time ago. Okay. He's a, cool. he's a very, very interesting person, isn't he? So uh, it wouldn't be just about weddings. It would also be about his street work and all of the photos he's taken and some of his iconic photos. Okay, cool, cool, very cool. Interesting. You never, never, I've never asked that question before on the podcast, so that was a, that was a unique one there, Sol. Oh, was, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do do quite a few unique personalised ones, but that is the one that I have in my bank that I've just never asked before, so that was the first one. So, it's probably, he's not probably known for his wedding photos, so it's <laughs> probably the answer is a bit left field as well. <laughs> That's interesting. It's all interesting, all interesting. Do you, because, you know, from your, maybe your programming background as well, or your IT background as well, do you have a particular piece of software or app that you, you know, couldn't do without now? Back from the IT days? Um, well, no, just, I thought, so, <coughs> no, just to do with any, like photography now, in that, do you use in your workflow? But I just thought because you've got an IT background that you might be good with, you know, knowing what's a good piece of software or good app or whatnot. Uh, I use just all the, the general apps that are most photographers use, Lightroom, Photoshop, uh, Photo Mechanic. Uh, okay. I'm trying to learn uh, Capture One because I believe I've never used that. The colors, when I've used them, I've looked nicer, especially for Sony files. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. What are you shooting then? New Sony? Uh, yeah. Seven threes. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice, cool. Have you seen the release of that? The announcement of their new one? Oh yeah, <laughs> sell like all of my kidneys and my house. <laughs> To buy I, know. <laughs> I know man who is going to be buying one this year it's like who it's if i win the lottery tonight alan i'll be sending you like a couple okay okay that sounds good man that sounds good <laughs> do you do you enter the lottery um i'm part of a syndicate uh, oh, yeah. oh that's cool so that's quite nice um you ever won anything we have but you know it's like like 30 pounds 50 pounds 70 pounds but what happens is that at the end, the end of the month if it's not much we just give it to charity Oh, that's nice. So different charities are benefiting, which is nice. Oh, that's really nice, dude. It's really nice. I remember, because um, the lottery started years ago in the UK now, didn't it? It must be, oh, I don't know, is it like 20 years ago? It's been around a long time. But um, I remember for the very first one, um, my, I was talking to my aunt on the phone and she, she, she was trying to come up with her numbers and she asked me for three numbers and I gave her those three numbers. And those three numbers came up, man. She, if she'd asked <laughs> me for cool. six, she should have asked me for six. <laughs> so for the lottery, the, the most I've ever won, I bought a ticket for my uncle who was visiting from Nepal and I gave him the ticket and I kept one for myself. The ticket that I kept for myself didn't win anything. The one that I gave for him, oh, I think he won about £70. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> I think that's the most I've ever won. But then it was somebody else who got the money. 
<laughs> oh, that's funny, man. That's funny. Um, cool, dude. We are um, just checking. We've spoken for almost an hour, so thank you very much. It's been thank really you, fun, t- really fun talking to you, dude. Um, oh, I really enjoyed it. Really, really cool. And so, see, not see. It's been. Is it? It's literally been almost a year now since I saw, I saw you. Isn't it? March, March. It's weird to think that was the last time. Um, it was just before, really, kind of national lockdowns, and yeah, they've just announced it. I think. Um... Yeah. maybe the monday after or something yeah it was something like, i think it was mm-hmm. where it was like oh, i was like oh my god we can't go because um i remember on that day uh they cancelled the fearless conference as well in greece oh yeah and then we went out uh, for the whole night i was I wasn't expecting to stay out the whole night but we did <laughs> and then uh, which was nice yeah, was. and then uh, like the next week you know boris johnson okay we're having a lockdown it's like oh my god it's just Mental. yeah Mm, mental um hopefully you know hopefully some things will be some conferences maybe be able to be on this year so i guess we all just don't know but it'll be cool to to see you again and have a few drinks again like that that was that was really fun i always love the uh this is reportage christmas parties the get-togethers you've had two they've been so much fun and um i get to see people that i don't normally see because they people from all over the uk and even abroad you know like pedro uh, they've they've they come and it's really nice to see them and uh, just to chat to them because you see them on um, Thurry Awards and you see them on the uh, the group, etc. Mm. But it's really nice to just to see them and chat to them and have a drink with them. It's it feel, true. It feels, it's, it's a different feeling. And I love that vibe of, the, of your parties. Oh, thank you, man. It's lovely. And, and yeah, as for Ace, thanks you for coming along and just being a really integral member right from the beginning as well. And your support, man, it's been really, really fab. Thank you. I hope we could do a party again this year. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah, crossed. All my fingers are crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's end on this question then, Sov. Um, okay, it's probably a super hard question, but uh, none of them are that, that easy. But can you think of a certain photo that you've taken that's had some kind of lasting impact? So perhaps that impact has been on your career or your confidence or your direction or just an image that's just particularly memorable to you for some reason. So at the, uh, the photo that you mentioned about um, the brother and sister, Oh, yeah. So at the same wedding, I took a photo of a gra- their grandmother. Oh, is that the one that's also on the... Is that at the table with her yeah. head in, in her hand? Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell us about so, that. So uh, she's uh, 99 years old when that photo was taken. Oh, wow. wow. So um, just before, she was, like, really lively, and she was um, chatting and chatty. And, um, and I was talking to this woman, and she was chatting with this guy, and she goes, oh, that's my boyfriend. He's 40. She's 99, and she's trying to chat him up. <laughs> uh, she's like just having on a laugh about it yeah and yeah, she was really lively and then she just went and i thought oh my god and I, she's like really tired i thought this is a great photo uh, i only realized afterwards uh why i was taking so many photos of grandmothers because i hadn't seen my grandmother for a very long time mm-hmm. at that point okay. it'd been about six seven years right and I, obviously subconsciously i was missing her and mm-hmm. i was just taking all these photos so that sticks in my mind um, because after that, I actually did go back to Nepal to see her. <laughs> oh, man. And she's no longer here now, but at that time, she was. Oh, dude. Oh, man, that's, a, that's, that's really interesting to hear about. And that image is, is quite <laughs> iconic for you as well, isn't it? It's one, yeah. one that I think about a lot when I think of you. So that's really interesting to hear about it. Oh, man. Dude, thank you so Cheers. much for thank your you. time. Thank no, you. Thank Say you. hi to Arnie and... Uh, Enjoy the rest of the uh, the weeks, and hopefully I'll get to see you guys very soon. 
hopefully man fingers crossed i hope this year you know is is is, is okay for you and everyone obviously and if everyone's listening now head to site this reportage.com i'll include the two images that that's um so i've spoken about in the episode there and yeah man and hopefully i'll see you at the tir party if we're doing it or hopefully before that as well oh absolutely um, i'm not gonna miss that <laughs> yeah oh man awesome awesome thanks you awesome, thanks guys. so much dude see you later see you later al bye You've been listening to the 63rd episode of the This Is Repertage podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Sovan. Hope you enjoyed listening. Head to thisisrepertage.com to see the specific awards that he spoke about, as well as a link through to his website too. We also have lots more episodes of the podcast available, where we speak to family and wedding photographers from all over the world, delve into our back catalogue to hear from the likes of Pedro Villela, Frank Boutonnet, Ross Harvey, Nicole Asteris, Logan Westham, Priscilla Luca, Adam Riley, Else Corston, Rowena Meadows, and many more. If you're not yet a member of this reportage or this reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers, and much more too. No poses, nothing staged, this is Reportage, and this is bye for now. Mm-hmm.